Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about the code language that the Bible was written in. Now, the Bible's written, you've got uh, the, the Christian Bible at least, you've got Hebrew, Aramaic sections in the Old Testament, and Koine Greek in the New Testament. So three languages. I'm not talking about the languages the Bible was written in. I want to talk about the book itself and how it was conceived. We are, modern people have difficulty understanding the Bible. And uh, it, worse, in the last hundred years, it's gotten, even though we've, we've got never had more Bible teachers and uh, Greek tools and all this stuff, and yet still, we're not getting it. And uh, part of the reason is the worldview that we were raised in is different from how humans have thought of things from the history of the world. Because about 300 years ago, we developed something new that we called the scientific method. And so I have a whole video on is the Bible scientific, and I'll put the link uh, in the show notes anyway. Um, so we entered this new phase called scientific era, and what that was is it's a method of testing reality. And so it, it, it has a hypothesis. You have to say, I believe um, an object will fall faster the farther it falls. And then others will say, no, okay, well, we have to prove that. So let's try to prove that it will fall faster it, uh, at 30 feet than it would at 10 feet. So you set up an experiment and you, and you test, and then you should publish what your findings were because it's just as, you know, it's just as valid in science to disprove your theory as to prove your theory. Either way, you've proven a fact. And so now that fact starts to build the body of knowledge. So it, it worked really well for a lot of things. It really worked. It does not answer things that you can't measure and that you can't count. But the scientific method being so popular uh, started being applied to all kinds of things. Psychology, uh, every field that could attached itself to the scientific method so it could become uh, valid. And so th this whole started a snowball of things, but we're, frankly, we've run sort of the end of it and we're already seeing uh, many different areas. Now that we're into uh, quantum physics and stuff like that, we're, we're running past what scientific method, pure scientific method studies can prove if we're only going to use the, the structure that we had from before. Anyway, the point is, in the material perspective of the world, and it gave us a materialistic perspective, and, and we've come to the point that if you, if you talk to many people from Europe or people from maybe a, they would consider a scientific community, and you'd say, what's the meaning of life? They'd say, there's no meaning whatsoever. It's chemicals. It's, you know, it's energy, it's, it's, it's the, you know, it's just chemistry, it's math. There's not a reasoning, there's no hand behind it. Uh, it's just, you know, okay, what is love? Uh, what, it's just chemicals, it's chemicals that hit neurons and you know, we, we have the sense that we feel love, but there's not love. And so it's like that. Um, in a materialistic world, you just believe everything is about physical reality and about forces and laws. Uh, that has never been how humans saw the world. But that is how a group of us see it now. And the only thing we want to know is, uh, how does it work? 
And what is it made of? Okay, this. What is that? Well, I don't know. We'll give it a name. We'll call it anything we want. How does it work? It bends light. It allows you to see things. Ah, cool. What's it made of? Well, this one's made of plastic. And so you just keep doing that over and over again about everything. But that has never been the perspective of humans toward their world. They approached the world and they said, what does it mean? That's totally different from how does it work and what's it made of? What does it mean and what truth is in it? And the world has always been filled with humans who did their reasoning based on the belief that there are realities that we cannot see and that there is meaning that is very, very deep. There's a thing called truth and there, you know, there's purpose that those were the, the values that were driving human, the human engagement. It's not meaningless matter. It's meaningful life. And they're wanting to know the meaning of life. Uh, this year, uh, a book has sort of hit with a splash. It's an um, intellectual book, The Language of Creation by Matthew Pajot. And he is, um, it is a commentary. Not, I'm not going to endorse, I don't necessarily endorse his his commentary on the scriptures, but I do stand with him on this one thing, and that is the modern scientific method mentality that has taken the world for the last 200 years has put on a new set of glasses, and the Bible makes no sense, or at least it twists and bends the message of the Bible because we don't understand that the Bible is written in a language of symbol. And that this symbol is full of meaning. Humans are story-telling creatures, and stories drive our life. And you and we have all kinds of stories. It's how uh, stories are usually about lack or attack, and it's how we survive. We just keep telling these stories. Some are cautionary tales. Some are even a love stories about lack of love, lack of being in community, and how to overcome that. And so we've been telling stories forever. And in our stories, uh, it's, for example, if you stop thinking, I think it's 18 seconds, your mind kicks into a daydream. You go to sleep. What's going to happen? This is a third of your life. Your mind is going to generate and create stories. The operating system of the human mind is story. It's how we make sense of life. And so it makes perfect sense that when the creator of all the creatures wants to give them a narrative, give them an understanding of the world and say, this is the world you're in, that the, that uh, message would come to us in the form of a story because story is easy to comprehend. We forget details, but we remember stories. They just stick with us. And you know what else? If someone tells you a story, a good storyteller, as they start to tell the story, they've done this. You can uh, sync up everybody's you know, brain waves and you watch and everybody in the crowd, their brain is going all different directions. And the storyteller starts a wave and they start telling their story. And then as the people tune in, everyone's brain wave starts to follow the storyteller. We get pulled into the story and our heart starts to beat faster. Why? It's our language. So, you know, 
I think Genesis makes no attempt to tell us the science of, it's not like this is a history book with a scientific explanation of how the universe was created. There's a million questions that I want to answer to that the Bible is not even going to attempt to address it because it isn't interest. It's not their interest. It's not what they're about. This is about what all humans have always been about. What is the meaning? What is the purpose? What is the truth about this world and about you and about me? What is the truth about us? How do we live? If that's what you want to know about the Bible is a great foundation for that, but it's, you're going to find a code and these, just like in a story, you've got, you know, you've got standard characters and you've got, you know, we have villains, we have heroes, we have the jester, you know, Loki, the uh, mischief, uh, the one who creates mischief in the story. You have the challenges, you have the breaking point, you have the valley of decision. You have, you know, there's all these elements of every story that's all over the world. There has to be conflict. There has to be a struggle and we push ahead, but stories are built with story forms. Um, there's another word I'm going to want to probably use eventually. And that's the word myth. When I say myth, modern people, because of science, they want to say, oh, that means not truth. And that is not what I mean. By myth, I mean, this is a, this is like deep truth. This is your standard form. For example, Every nation has a national mythology. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying it is the, it tells you the meaning of so many things in your nation. It tells you your values. It says who's an insider, who's an outsider. Uh, what, what, what are our values? Who are the heroes? What are we fighting against? Who's not us? Who's one of us? All that is in your mythology. It tells you how to behave if you're part of this group, what the vision of this group is. All of that is in the, the, the story, the mythology uh, catalog that's in every nation. Every great family has family mythology. These stories that get passed down for generations. And the stories tell you what not to do that thing. They tell you where the mistakes are. They tell you, you know, about... Uh, uh, Dad gambled the farm on a new thing. He thought it would make him quick money, and then we lost the farm, and that's why we had to move to the city. And so everybody knows, don't go gambling precious assets on a get-rich-quick thing because it's not going to work. Um, but in the Bible, you're going to have all these stories. And as our story opens, we're going to have one set of characters about the um, about the darkness. It's gonna We're going to have well, darkness as a thing, there's going to be a, 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 a characteristic that will, it's entropy, basically. It's going to pull the world apart. You're going to have the deep. It's like this bottomless ocean. So don't worry about where the world is the deep. Is that the Marianas Trench? It's like, no, you're thinking science, mind. You got to take that off because it's going it's to keep getting in the way. You know, people go to the Genesis story and they want to know, uh, they want to prove a literal seven-day creation. It's like, it's not, even, it's not even trying to say that. There's not a sun until day four. So, you know, the light that there is on day one is Jehovah Shekinah, God's glory shining. We're, we're not in science categories. We're in story categories. These stories, it's not that it's less true, it's more true. 
And uh, the the biggest truth is the monomyth. You know, when you get the the myth above all myths, it explains everything. And so um, I hope you can loosen up your mind and try to go back and reclaim what our ancestors have always understood is that this world is the interplay of mystical, meaningful, purposeful forces with the physical, systematic, there's day, there's night, there's, you know, there's seasons, there are actions, it's, it's pragmatic, it's reality-based, and yet reality's got this layer of meaning. So I'd want to invite you to join me on this interpretation of the Bible. You're going to have the tree, the mountain, the ark, the deep, the serpent, uh, later the dragon, and all of these forces are going to come up. And once we see the code work laid down, it's just going to cycle and repeat. Actually, a really interesting Bible study that uh, my son-in-law, Ben Salmon, thought up was take the first three chapters of the Bible and go real, real slow and pull apart those, uh, those symbols and that uh, story structure. Now flip over to the last three chapters of the same Bible and go to the book of Revelation and look at that. And you're going to see again, tree of life. You're going to see the, the river coming out of the presence of God. You're going to see, it's like, it's the same thing. It's a repeat. They're the bookends. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, wonderful s- stories and a story about the overlap between a mystical heavenly realm and a practical, physical, earthly realm, but that these two overlap and are entwined, and you will see it in your life. If you can ever put on story glasses and and look for the code language, not the code like, uh, oh, on what day will the Antichrist come? Oh, see, here's the code from Daniel's this, and it's that many days, and you can see they're taking science thinking, and they're applying it to Bible code. And I just think you just keep, they're two different things. Uh, If you want to study science and biology and all these things, go study that. But if you want to study meaning, what you're about, what your purpose is, study the Bible. But let it speak its own language. Don't force it. And and don't, uh, also don't fail it because it doesn't speak science. Like, but what? You don't speak science language. Well, okay, let's just say that God decided in Genesis 1 when he's going to tell us about the making of the world. Let's just, let's just say he decided to give us the exact how I create matter, how every bit of this works. What benefit would that be for all of us? It would probably push science about 20,000 years into the future, which I'm not sure is going to be a good thing because right now, I mean, they're already talking about no need to have physical humans. We'll just get our minds and put them into uh, robotic cells that can live forever. I don't know. That's just humans after 200 years, 300 years in the science age. So I thank God he did not give us a science book, which he could have. 
but it wasn't what we needed. What he gave us was a book of meaning. And your meaning is found in these pages because that's the other thing about the way the Bible tells stories. When the Bible tells a story and it builds the structure of the story, the characters are very, very thin. There's not much detail given. And the reason is you are the character. You and I are everybody in this book. We are Samson. We are Jezebel. We are the people that surround the house. We are, it's like, keep, step outside the story, shift characters, read the story again. It's meaning and meaning and message and message. And this book can guide you through, through life. Well, my dad who passed this year, uh, one of the first gifts he gave me when I became 18 years old was a Bible. And he wrote this inscription, life has many hills and valleys, but this book will guide you through them all. And it's true as long as you can interpret it properly and interpreting a story culture document. Well, how would you interpret that with story, with story and meaning? So let's try to look at the Bible with a higher level of discernment. It's not lower, it's higher. But let's let the Bible stand for itself. So I'm looking forward to this. And uh, so stick around as we progress in our study of the big story, Genesis 1 through 3.